The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Kelly Sullivan Walden, a.k.a. Dr. Dream. So grateful to be here with you on Unity Online Radio, where the number to call if you have a dream or um, a question about your nighttime dreams or your daytime aspirations, especially if they include anything in the in the arts, anything creative, <clears throat> the number to call is 816-251-3555. We have a very special guest today, one of my most favorite humans on the planet, besides you, Nancy, <laughs> just kidding, and Louie, <laughs> and Denise, oh no my offense. gosh, right. <laughs> I've just got people I love, love, love that I surround myself with. I, I really have created a dream life. I really love this woman. And um, so it's Aspen Mattis. She's. I'm going to give you her proper bio in a moment. But before we get off to the races, I just want to do a little, let's just get centered for a second. So let's take a breath. Ah, let's all just join in together in this unified field that we're in. Let's drop all of the racing and trying to get somewhere and trying to do something and thinking that we're behind. I'm not saying that to myself, am I? Oh, letting all of those silly thoughts go. And let's just breathe in the truth that we are exactly where we're supposed to be at this exact moment in time. We could not be more whole, perfect, and complete if we tried. We couldn't do one more backflip or one more fan kick or one more anything to make ourselves fuller, better than we already are. If we were to wake up in this moment, we'd realize that we are not just on a radio station called Unity Online Radio, but we are in unity with each other, with life itself, with God, with the creator, the the creator with a capital T and C. We are at one and whole. We are filled up. Every other thought to the contrary is just <clears throat> static on the line. It's not real. It goes away. So let's let it all drop so we can really tune in to what's true. Let's let this time that we're together on this show today be a wake-up call. And let's let that wake up be reverberating throughout our lives, past, present, future, in all dimensions, in all ways, because we can. We can be lucid, not just in our dreams, but in our lives, which is, I'd say, where it counts the most. So let's just drop into this place and be so grateful, even for the challenges, even for the unfinished creative projects that you think you should be further ahead on. Let's just be so grateful that we're right here right now. So with this, ah, one more breath. 
we just drop in and allow the magic to unfold. So with this, I just say, and so it is, amen, a woman, ah, dreams, and ah, Nancy, and ah, Aspen, and ah, Louie. And I know Denise is already on the line with her dream, so I'm going to say ah, Denise, as well. Okay, so without further ado, you know what? I want to say one quick thing. I accidentally stumbled upon... I was sending somebody asked me for the link to the to the Apple podcast um, version of this show. And I hadn't looked it up before. And I did. And I found all these reviews that I didn't know were there. And they were so kind. I was like, whoa, this is a little jackpot that I didn't even know was there. So I just want to thank you if you're listening and you were one of those people that that wrote a really kind five-star review on, on Apple iTunes. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening that are saying, hey, I want to get in on this, please do. If you have anything nice to say, um, go ahead and say it. I think it just helps people to find the show more easily. And I think it gives Nancy and I a little boost every once in a while to just keep on going and keep on doing this. So thank you to you all. And by the way, the show, if you didn't know this, the show's available on Google Play, on um, Spotify, on all the places where you can find podcasts. So find your favorite place for a podcast and leave a five-star review if that's how you truly feel. And of course, as we're counting down the days to April 8th, which is the launch day, launch party for Luminous Humanness, we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, But just mark your calendar. 12 to 3 p.m. is when the live event will be on Facebook Live on my Facebook page, which is Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams. Okay, that's all the plugging of things I'm going to do right now, except you should really check out nancytelzero.com so you can find out about Nancy's healing practice that is amazing off the charts, nancytelzero.com. Speaking of Nancy Telzero, hey, honey, do you have a luminous humanness for us and how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I do. I love this one. This is one of my favorites that I've read so far, although it every single time I read it, I go, this is one of my favorites. <laughs> it's one of those types of books. I encourage everybody to pick up their copy because they are now available. Yay. Okay. So for March 31st, here we go. It says, do less, accomplish more. Oh, you know, here all this time I've been doing the less. So let's see how this works. Um, okay. Becoming luminous in your humanist means having more time in the day because there's less and less to do and say. From a place of heightened consciousness, you don't have to explain until you're blue in the face to be understood or to run around attending to thousands of details to keep your life afloat. You simply beam your consciousness in the direction of a particular area of life. Take inspired action and watch as if through a time-lapse lens as events unfold, effortlessly aligning with your sky-high vibration. Wow. So the affirmation is, the higher I stabilize my frequency, the more effortless and prosperous I become. Amen to that, sister. Amen. Hallelujah. Nancy, I love the way you read that. God, you're so good. I want you to do the audiobook version of this when, when the time comes. Would you please? I would you love reading to it, do I'm it. like, oh, I like it so much better. <laughs> I feel it in all my soul. I will do it. 
Yeah. Oh, thank you. God. And I needed to hear that one. Cause it's, you know, you know me, I'm up to do apt to do the more is more approach to everything, but it's mm-hmm. so true, especially in our undisturbable game. It's like, I don't have to go around every time something rattles my cage. I don't have to necessarily fix it externally. Most of the fix happens on the inner plane. Hello. <laughs> That's it's, it's a lot easier yeah. to work it, work on it on the dream level than, than, than outside where we just actually make it worse more often than not. I think taking the inspired action that comes once we're realigned is, is where it's at. You know what I'm saying? I do. I'm picking up what you're putting down. (laughs) I'm picking it up what I'm throwing down. (laughs) Thank you, honey. That was awesome. Okay. So I think, oh, oh, by the way, Nancy, Nancy has this hilarious video that she created for the Luminous Humanist launch. It is hilarious. I've watched it about a hundred times already and I just crack up. It's I, I posted it on the Luminous page. So if you go to kellysullivanwalden.com forward slash Luminous, you'll see this. It's all the info about the launch for the book, but you'll see this video of Nancy, the before and after. Um, it's like the before girl is hilarious. So- and, and the after girl is glorious. Thank you for doing that. I couldn't help it. I just kept thinking, you know, if you read this book, that really is how you feel on the inside. So I tried to make my outside reflect that. Oh and God. all it takes is just a little less makeup. And there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know? Oh, my God. It's so great. I mean, who else? What other author on the planet, except for Aspen Mattis, maybe, but has somebody like you in their world that can make that kind of a video for them. It's like so special. I'm so lucky. Thank you, Nancy T. You're You're not only an awesome healer, but you are a great actress and a beautiful friend. So thank you so much. Okay. Let's talk about Aspen, shall we? Let's, let's do it right in front of her face let's do it or right ears or whatever you want to call it. Beautiful face. <laughs> okay. I just can't say enough about her, but I want to read her proper little bio. This is the mini version of her bio and there's, there's the long version that is epic, but here's the nutshell. And then I want to tell you the personal. So Aspen Mattis is the author of your blue is not my blue, a missing person memoir by little a it's published by little a. It's called Fearless, a beautifully written story of inspiration, courage, and ultimate transformation by Booklist. The book was a number one Amazon bestseller in memoirs. For the longest time, author Deepak Chopra said the memoir will open the door to empathy, compassion, and healing. Novelist Amy Bender called Your Blue Is Not My Blue gorgeous, a gripping read that wrestles honestly and sensitively with the ways we connect and the ways we miss one another. Mattis's short form writing has been published in the New York Times, The Atlantic, Tin House, Psychology Today, Salon, Bloomberg, and Marie Claire. Her first book, the critically acclaimed memoir, Girl in the Woods, was published by HarperCollins in 2015. She wrote the book when she was 23 years old. My God. She, it was called A Powerful Read by O, the Oprah magazine. The book made The Guardian's annual top 50 list. The New York Times named Mattis a hero. And 
I name her my personal hero. And I don't want to take up all the airtime talking about how much I love this woman and how much she's changed my life. But I I really could. And um really I just I just love her so much. And I'm gonna stop referring to her in the third person and just say, Aspen, welcome to the show. Thank you for being my friend and thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's so special to get to connect with you and Nancy in this way. Oh my goodness. So, ah, I just, so really what I, what I talked about in the kind of promotion for this show today is that we would talk about how to have a creative breakthrough. Um, and I, for people that don't know who you are, maybe we can, I mean, I just gave them a little bit of your bio, but maybe the tiniest nutshell of how you came to be a two-time best-selling author at such a young age. I mean, you're, you just I mean, I don't want to talk about age where we're not supposed to do that, but you're like, you're a youngin. You could be my daughter. You could be my, you know, <laughs> you're so young and yet so wise. So give us just a little nutshell about what brought you to, to write your first book. And, and then I want to get into the creative process with you. Okay, sure. Well, creatively, like I've always loved to write and to tell stories like even before I could physically write when I was like you know four years old I would like dictate stories to my mom and she would write them down about like you know talking animals who lived in a forest and stuff like that but and I always wanted to be a novelist um ever since I was little and get to like be the creator of worlds and people would read my stories and be transported to those places and that was my dream um and I did write, um, you know, growing up, I wrote short stories, and, and I even wrote a very, very bad novel in high school. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't. I never saw the light of day, I never should. Um, and then um, I went to college, and on my second day of my freshman year of college, like before classes had even begun, like before I'd removed the colorful construction paper name tag from my dorm room door, I was raped in my dorm room by another freshman and um, I reported the rape to the college and I testified and he testified and they signed this, um, a mediator as if like a rape could be a conflict mediator mm-hmm. um, as if a rape could like be mediated, like a playground fight between kids <laughs> and right. um, which is kind of ridiculous. Like what other, violent felony is mediated (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um the mediator concluded that the findings were inconclusive and essentially nothing happened um and then um a few um months later for reasons that were never really explained um to me that i still don't really know (laughs) um the college moved this boy from his dorm on the other side of campus into my dorm building um, the floor directly above me. So I would see him all the time, like in the hallway and the elevator. And um, I just didn't really feel safe or comfortable or heard by my school. And I decided I was going to try to physically, literally reclaim my body um, by walking from Mexico to Canada. And so I dropped out and I left school. And I kind of realized, like, my school is not going to help me. I have to help myself. I have to leave this place. And that's what I did. And so I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail um, from the Mexican border through California and Oregon and Washington State 
all the way into Canada. Um, and that, and I wrote about that hike for the New York Times, um, and the piece I wrote about it called A Hiker's Guide to Healing for um, the New York Times Modern Love column went viral, and then I got an agent and a book deal with um, with HarperCollins, and that became um, my first book, which was Girl in the Woods, um, which was about the rape and the journey I took um, in an effort to heal from it. Thank you. That was a great nutshell. And again, I'm so sorry that that happened to you and um, that the rape happened to you. And I know one of the things that you always say, and we could talk, we could make the whole show about that, but you always say that it's, it's not what you're wearing or where you're at that causes rape. It's rapists that cause rape. So anybody who's listening, who is relating, and I, I would assert almost almost everyone in some way can relate to somebody overpowering them and it wasn't okay. And um, what I think is so special about you and your story is that you turned something so tragic and so devastating without real necessarily realizing it, but one step at a time, you reclaimed yourself. You, you didn't remain in victimhood. You were a victim, but you didn't stay there. And you eventually turned that tragedy into into triumph by by claiming your body, claiming your story, writing about it, and like doing a full hero's journey loop where then you complete the book and then give it to others to read. And I met you because you were speaking at at an event at the UN with one of the young um, youth ambassadors that I was working with. So I know that you've you've become a spokesperson for rain. Do you want to say something about rain and maybe just a little plug for them and then we'll dive into creative process? Sure. Yeah. So, um, in the aftermath of the rape that happened at my school, I discovered, um, this anonymous free 24 hour hotline, um, that was run by the rape abuse and incest national network rain. Um, and, yeah, it's it's totally anonymous. It's available 24 hours a day, and I called it, and I I got to speak with, um, you know, a woman who didn't know my face or my name or anything like that, but I got to tell her everything that was on my chest and everything that was kind of keeping me up and making me feel ashamed and damaged and all the things that I was feeling, and she really. I remember she told me, um, as obvious as it seems, it's kind of like what you just said, but it it wasn't obvious to me at the time. I remember she told me, because I told her what had happened, and she was like, short shorts don't cause rape. Marijuana doesn't cause rape. Rapists cause rape. Nothing causes rape other than rapists. It's really that simple. Um, This was not your fault. And that really, really helped. And so I've become a, a spokesperson um, for Rain on the Rain Speakers Bureau, and um, it's really, really important the work that they do um, for free for whoever needs it. Mm, it's so important, and it's a kind of an interesting um, it turnaround that you ended up being a speaker at your school at the school that you left where this happened and you got to have a little bit of redemption (laughs) by being this touted 
like famous author or former student that comes back and you're like, yeah, and you guys didn't protect me and here I am. So now I bet they're taking it a lot more seriously. Um, yeah, so, that was a very experience. Colorado College, the school where it happened, um, invited me to come back um, and speak publicly about the rape they had denied happened when I was a student there to, and to speak to current students about it. It was just this very yeah. surreal thing. And it was like, I don't know, people said, oh, well, they are just trying to get ahead of um, this, like, media-wise, because my book was about to come out. But I don't really care why they were doing it. It was a very cathartic <laughs> and no feeling kidding. experience. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, good for and them for doing it. So your next book, so Girl in the Woods documents this journey of you reclaiming your body and 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 coming like coming full circle and this epic, epic journey, walking a marathon a day for six months, basically. And then you write, you get the book deal and your your book, Your Blue is Not My Blue, picks up where Girl in the Woods leaves off. And for, for people that are like, okay, then what happens? You meet this great guy and you and so this is a missing person's memoir that basically is about your then husband disappearing, like the the true disappearance of the man who was the love of your life. And it's also about this deadline hanging over your head for getting the book Girl in the Woods written. So there's it's so it is kind of a book about writing a book, but it's also about this, like, how do you write a love story uh, and about somebody who's missing and you're under deadline and you've never written a book before. So let's, I guess we need, you need to say something about that before we get into the creative process, which we will, I promise, at least on the other side of the break, but, but say a little bit about your blue is not my blue from your perspective, what this is about and what maybe what your blue is not my blue means. Sure. So, um, I mean, in order for it to kind of make sense for someone who hasn't read um, Girl in the Woods, so on that walk from Mexico to Canada, um, about 2,000 miles in, um, in Bend, Oregon, I met a man who was also walking from Mexico to Canada, and he had started off at the Mexican border just two days after I had. So we'd been, for about three months, we'd been within about a day's walk of each other trekking north in sync. And in Bend, Oregon, we finally met after 2,000 miles. And um, we really liked each other, and we decided we were going to finish the hike together. And we were 600 miles from Canada at that point. And we did. And so we walked those 600 miles together. And where the trail ended in Canada, we didn't want to say goodbye, and we ended up um, moving in together in Colorado and then a year later getting married. Um, And so... And then we moved to New York um, together for me to finish school. And um, about a year after we moved to New York, uh, three years into our marriage, four years after we'd first met on the trail, um, he disappeared. And um, Your Blue Isn't My Blue is about um, kind of the aftermath of that and finding out what happened to him. And it's very, very gripping, and it's so well told. Every word in this book is is highlightable and is like it's so it's so well written. I mean, the story by itself could be just written as I'm saying it, and it would be gripping enough, but your words are incredible. So 
I know that you learned from writing Girl in the Woods. In some way, you learned better, like you learned what not to do for completing this book. So creatively speaking, for for people who are who are working on a creative project, maybe working on a book, what are a couple of things that you learned that are essential about completing um, a creative project, especially a book? Well, so when I worked on Girl in the Woods, I was, as you said, I was on deadline for my first book deal, which was a memoir. So I had to tell the truth. I couldn't make it what I wanted it to be. And I was writing about falling in love uh, with Justin in his absence on deadline. And that was very, very painful and hard. And I was kind of going 500%. Like I was writing like 13, 14 hours a day, having trouble sleeping and not really, and missing every deadline, like working so hard, but not getting very much done. Um, because um, you really can't go 100%, 100% of the time, especially um, on something that's deeply emotional and very charged like that. And um, so I kind of learned through the process of writing Girl in the Woods what does not work, actually, creatively in terms of like mental health and sanity and um, and flow and creativity. Um, and basically what doesn't work is like a lack of spaciousness and just I think for me, anyway, I guess everyone is different, but for me, what works best is having designated time devoted to creation, you know, setting a timer. I do sessions, so I set these 45-minute timers, and, like, um, some days I'll do only four sessions, and other days I'll do eight sessions, um, but, you know, it's and marking off how many sessions I complete and not you know, going on the internet, not doing anything other than writing or editing whatever phase I'm in during those sessions, really just committing to my creativity during those sessions. And when it's not a session, not worrying about it and kind of um, like kind of letting go totally. Mm. And rather than saying like every moment you're not working on your creative project is a waste and it's not as important or valuable as the moments when you are. Because that's so, um, that's so crazy making and not very right. sustainable or healthy. So Aspen, we're going to a quick break right now. And when we come back, I want a couple more of your creative, important um, tools that, that you can share with us. So your website, it's aspenmattis.com. Is that it? Uh, it's actually aspen Mattis. Aspen-Mattis.com. Okay, so check her out over the break. We'll be right back with a couple more must-listen, must-hear creative tips from Aspen Mattis. We'll be right back on the Ask Dr. Dream Show. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden.
Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream Show, and I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream. So happy to be with you. This is the place where we reveal the beauty of who you are and uncover the truth of your dreams in that order or sometimes backwards. So we've been talking with Aspen Mattis, the author, the best-selling author of Girl in the Woods, and more recently, Your Blue is Not My Blue. And over the break, um, Nancy T and Aspen and I were talking, Nancy, do you want to reiterate what you were just acknowledging in Aspen? Sure. Yeah, I was I was saying that as much as you were saying, we'll get to the creativity thing, that piece was always there. Yeah. yeah. Because because so many people experience rape, unfortunately, and so many people have had loves gone missing for one reason or another in their hearts. And Aspen chose to deal with that through creativity, through expressing herself through, I mean, people don't all write books when these things happen, but somehow that was what saved her. It felt like it, it was the thing that she could hold on to that remained solid for her, that, that kept her grounded at a time when she could have really flown off and gotten lost in a lot of thought and heartache. Right. And this is one of the things I've learned. I mean, there's so much that I've learned from Aspen, but it's Aspen, you've inspired me to to work on my book, which at some point I will be releasing. But it's there's something about going to therapy, which is great. Therapy is wonderful. That's one level of healing, a traumatic um, experience. But to to bring it into creativity is the ultimate, I think, alchemy. And I can't even tell you, I keep telling Aspen that she's the the best healer I've ever worked with in, in that, um, there's this intense level of like, there's, there's alchemy, there's gold where there used to be nothing but shame. I'm filled with so much, um, there's like magic instead of, instead of this like incredible pain. So I just want Aspen's story to get out there, the story behind the story, um, and Aspen is going to be joining me. We were, so just for those of you who have been hanging on for the magic zone, we're changing it ever so slightly because, you know, that's what happens with magic. We're going, there's going to be a summer creative program that will be focused on writing. So just know that that's coming up and Aspen will be a guest speaker there. And, um, so, so just be look, be on the lookout. I'll be letting you know once we have it officially ready for, for sign up. So just know that put a pin in the magic zone and we're going to be doing something a little bit different in the summer, but it's focused on creativity. So it doesn't have to just be writing. There's something in being able to do anything creative with your pain and watch it transform from pain to gain. Okay. So, um, Aspen let's, so one of the things you were just talking about is having a, a designated time to write this. I can't even, this is such an important piece. I, I mean, I needed to hear this again today because I know how productive I am when I turn, do you turn off all alerts so that you don't even get like a bing, a ding, letting people, letting you know that somebody on Facebook has just liked something. Do you just shut everything do, off for those 45 minutes? I turn off the internet and I put my phone on silent face down and uh, no one can interrupt. <laughs> That's fantastic. So 45 minute sessions, one at a time, and you just give yourself over to that, then you don't worry about it for the rest of the day. There's one of the things you also shared with me that I hear you say in my ear all the time, and maybe you can elaborate, is you can't do everything 
but you can at least do, you can do the most important thing. I'm probably not saying it exactly right, but can you talk about that and how that relates to your creative process? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's, I, and I didn't come up with this. I don't remember who said it, but it's, um, there's Joan never Didion? enough time for everything, but there's always enough time to do the most important thing. Right. Um, and I think that's absolutely always the case if you kind of admit it to yourself, you know, like yep. I actually just yesterday, I just was feeling like a little bit overwhelmed and I made this huge to-do list with 12 things and I, it was not the best day. Like it was just like what I should have done and what I'm doing today is doing sessions first and then I'll check off whichever one, ones of those things are most pressing, but None of them really are. <laughs> right. You know. It's like the typical time management thing that Stephen Covey talked about years ago. It's like you can fill, it's like he talked about the the sand and the, 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 the pebbles and the big rocks and how you can have the sand represent all the little, little things that you got to do in the day and the pebbles are kind of more important and the boulders are the most important things. And most people fill up their glass with the sand and the little pebbles and there's no room for the boulders. But if you start the day with the boulders, putting, doing the big things, the, the creative things, then there's always room for the sand and the little pebbles to kind of fill in the gaps. So I feel like you, you've done this in your own amazing way. Okay. So what's something else that you do in terms of accessing this amazing creativity that you have that, I mean, some of it just can't be taught, but what are some of the things that you, that you think maybe could be taught or could be inspired around how to get your creativity out of you? And then I know you've got a dream, so I haven't forgotten about that, but another creative well, so tip from actually, you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go. Okay. Um, actually what Nancy and you were just speaking about when we got back from the break about how writing is a way or art creativity is a way to take the worst thing that's happened to you and to turn it into something beautiful and something useful that will inspire other people. Um, I think that that's a huge engine for me and um, kind of like the Cheryl Strayed quote that I'm going to butcher but something along the lines of like what happens to you belongs to you. Feed it to yourself. Let it nurture you. Something like that. Oh, um, God, I, I love that. Yeah, and it's just remembering that you're the only one with your particular style, your particular voice, your particular experiences, your particular hardships, your particular insights, your particular joys, and like just by virtue of the fact that it comes from you, it'll be original and authentic. Just Ooh, and then the Nancy, you just saw the thing that Nancy, that Aspen posted or reposted that Sue had written. Yes. Um, do you want to, what, what was that Nancy? Oh gosh. Now it, it uh, it right off about, the top of my head. <laughs> it, wasn't, um, it was about the, uh, if somebody it else was, can oh, write yeah, it. If anybody else can write it, let them do that. You write the thing that only you can write. And uh, and I'm butchering what she said, but that's the gist. Um, but, and Aspen, you shared that with me. exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 
I'm remembering like as I've so I've been working with Aspen for the last three years on getting this book that I've been working on out. And thank you, Nancy T, for being such a cheerleader and champion. And Aspen, you're you're both my like you're my champions. But there was a moment in working with you, Aspen, that I literally had, and I can remember exactly where I was when this happened on my front porch. You there it, I went from seeing these like really pretty funky things that happened to me and also that I was a part of in my early days, in my early 20s that I was just so ashamed of. And I'll be talking about it more openly soon. Um, But I all of a sudden went from feeling so embarrassed and shame-filled about it to all of a sudden being like, ooh, Aspen, I remembered something else. It was like, I I found one more hairy beast. Here's another skeleton. (laughs) Here's another gross thing. And I was actually excited that that I remembered. So it's like, wow, to be able to think about these ugly skeletons coming up from the past with excitement, like, here's another thing I get to write about. I mean, that's kind of the alchemy space that you've provided, Aspen. It's so incredible. I can't believe it. Oh my God. Okay. So I, I, sometimes with this thing, I can't hear, like it it doesn't let me. So I don't know if you wanted to say something about that before you share about um, your dream. Oh no, I was just saying, thank you. That makes me really happy. Yay. I know what a strange perspective to go from hating, like hating a portion of your life, instead treating it like that Cheryl Strayed quote, like this is your experience. This is my experience. And I get to eat it and feed it to myself because it's how the alchemy happens. It's how the the snake venom turns into anti-venom medicine. Okay, so it's also like like that which you resist persists. I know that's kind of a cliche, but I think it's absolutely the case when it comes to shame or anything that we try to hide from the world about who we are because we think it makes us less lovable. Right. I actually, with your guidance, I wrote a list, a very long list of all of those, of such things. (laughs) It's like, I wanted to bring them out into the open and, and those are all the, those are kind of like the topics that I'd write about. So all of those, those funky things, I mean, you are you are truly you're not just an alchemist but you're an alchemy creator for other people as well and that's what i hope people really get from you and also when they buy your book they're going to see how you did this okay so let's hear you you have a dream to share and then we're going to open up the lines to get some get some dreams from from y'all who are listening all right so aspen let's hear one of your dreams so I actually had this dream last night, so it's very fresh um, okay. and very strange. So I was with a group of people, and we were in either like on the coast of India or on the a coastal place in Thailand or something mm. like that. And I've never been to Asia, so this is truly, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, okay. And it was so beautiful, and we were kind of up in the mountains, and it was sandy, but you could see, like, the beautiful turquoise water. And then there was, like, this shelter with no uh, lights inside, just, like, almost like this, like, it was, like, this weird geometric shape, and it was made of wood. And, like, there were, like, little, you would, like, crawl through a hole to get in, and there was, like, a little tiny miniature revolving door to get out or something like that, but you could barely fit. 
And somehow we all got in, and then we realized that we couldn't get out. And um, and then time sped up, and, we, and there were lots of, like, holes that we could see out of and see the beautiful view, but we were all trapped inside. And time sped up, and we could see, like, you know how, like, in a time-lapse uh, video or movie, you mm-hmm. can see, like, the sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset, beautiful colors, gone, darkness, stars, sunrise, you know, really, mm-hmm. really quick. Um, we could see that, and it was like our life was passing so quickly, and we couldn't get out of this. Um, structure and like things were falling apart like people were trying to like use band-aids to tape things together like time was passing so quickly and we were stuck oh my god Ooh, wow I have so many questions for you and I know that this is kind of like rapid fire here but in a nutshell can you what do you what what's your take on what this dream is about for you and then Nancy T and I will will dive in I mean, my nutshell is that it's about not wasting my life. <laughs> right. Mm. Wow. Okay. I, I think I'm going to just, I'll just dive in with my quick little, little, little thought here. I was just sharing with somebody yesterday about um, what I learned in like from Buddhist teachings about samsara, which is this world and kind of the how we can get caught in the drama of of this world and then how it just kind of a one perspective of this very same world without anything having to change suddenly we're in the pure lands and it's based on our consciousness and how most of us have a groundhog's day experience recycling the same thing over and over and feeling like we can't get out and and here we are like it's just over and over but i but one way to be able to switch from samsara to the pure lands is the awareness that, oh, this is a pattern. This is repetitive. I'm there's a stuckness here. Like that's almost like the excitement because there's something that we can do once there's cognition around that. So even though it seems really beautiful, like I'm in this beautiful place, geometric shapes, it's on this turquoise beach, and I go in and this and then I'm stuck in this small place. So to me it's like all of a sudden if it's my dream, I'm aware that as beautiful as it is right now, there's there's more and I don't want to stay in samsara. I want to I want to expand beyond and I want to and that the beginning of that happens with with awareness. So I love this. Nancy T, hit it. All right. Um wow, I love this dream. This is a great dream. It you know, right away I thought of COVID actually. So for, for my dream, I would imagine because so many of us feel stuck inside and we yeah. feel like we can't go anywhere and life is happening and somehow we're not allowed to participate. I'm right at the end of I'm I'm you know, I've got I'm half a shot in, you know. But I'm <laughs> you I'm, and at I that, both. I'm at that point of oh my gosh, could someone pull a plane up to my back door so I can fly the heck out. I'm right. so eager and and there's and we imagine everything is more beautiful than where we are. We imagine that. But I what I was interesting is that you all got in there and you even were intrigued 
super, if it were my dream, you were intrigued by, I have to go in this way. And it's not just your regular way. And to get out is even, even your regular way. And so there was all this creativity, even to just get into (laughs) that spot, which so it so reflects, you know, how, how creative you are as a, as a person. Mm. And the fact that you could see it and fast forward, like life will just keep going. If I stay here, It, it feels exactly like you said, like a message to yourself to say, you know, if I stay in one spot so long, things will keep happening for sure, but they won't happen for me. And Mm. so I love that you weren't alone in it. And you realize that this is a, this is a life plight everybody has where we all need to say, let's look at those beautiful colors. Let's acknowledge those sunrises and sunsets. And uh, what a beautiful dream with turquoise blue. You know, that's healing. It's so amazing. I just, somebody just turned me on to this book called something like The Beginner's Guide to Constructing the Universe. Um, Have you heard of this book? Oh gosh, I'm trying to find it in my... Um, it's hilarious. Oh, here it is. The, a beginner's guide to constructing the universe. So I was reading that last night and it was talking about geometric shapes and I'm so not a math person or anybody who is even really fascinated with geometry, but it's interesting that they were talking about how there is like, once you understand kind of the geometry of the universe, it's almost like you crack the code. So I feel like Aspen, if it's my dream, you're like on the verge, even though things are amazing, there can be even stuckness in, in this pattern that you're in and yet, and you're about to crack the code to expand things to another place. So I hope that's helpful. Is there anything you want to say on that before we take some callers? That's so helpful. And I remember actually, it's kind of similar to something you were just saying. Um, a quote that I had read yesterday before I went to bed was, don't allow your rituals to become your ruts. And I wonder if that had an impact on my, my dream. Oh, yeah. that's great. Okay, so let's take a quick call. We've got Denise, and she's always, we, we want her to take her time, but we also appreciate the fact that she's kind of like, bada bing, bada boom, jet set, here's the dream. All right, Denise, take it away. How are you, honey? I'm fine, and I'm all wired up today, so you know I'm going to go fast. I go fast when I'm not wired up. <laughs> I'm just wired up. Hit it, girl. I'm like a, two, I'm like a two-year-old. Okay, had a dream, and my dreams I can't really um, – it's not funny. It's so sad. Um, but it's, it's the reality. That's who I am. Anyway, it, it's real short. It's just small because it, it, here lately I'm dreaming, and I'm remembering images, and that's just as important. So anyway, was in the grocery store with the cart. And just going down aisles and just enjoying a leisure day in the grocery store. Ooh. All of a sudden, somebody comes up to me and tells me that I'm supposed to be on a register. I'm working. And I'm like, I work. I thought to myself, like, do I work here? And I was like, sounds good to me. So I just got, I think I just kind of pushed the basket away. So then I went to each register and there was somebody at it. So then I'm looking around like, well, if y'all if I'm supposed to be working, all the registers are kind of full. And I just was kind of like, what, what the hell is going on here? And that was the dream. But I wasn't really alarmed. I was just willing to go to the register. <laughs> oh, Nancy, I know you love all, dream. any dream that features shopping, even if it's grocery shopping. <laughs> so I'll let you take a, a quick stab at it before I jump in. 
Oh, wow, Denise. I love it that, you know, I always say about you that every time you have a dream, no matter what comes your way, you go, okay, you know, <laughs> and that's a beautiful way to be. So amen to that. Um, so if, the, if this were my dream, the fact that, you know, here you are and you're just going down the aisles and everything's fine and someone says, hey, you're supposed to be working. The fact that you don't say, wait a minute, I don't think I work here. You No questions. You go with the flow. And then you see... When you see there's like, there's somebody at each register, you're willing to show up. It just, it's like, I'm willing to show up. Even if I'm not needed, I'm willing to show up. <laughs> That's the message I would take away from this. And I think it's beautiful that, you know, even though there's all these registers and they're all taken up, what mm. what ended up being the, what adds up, so to speak, is that <laughs> back mm-hmm. to math is that right. you, you didn't have to do anything at all. You could have kept with your cart, but you listened to someone and you were kind enough to oblige. I think that's beautiful. And and I'm going to tell you something real quick that I see in this for some reason. It's choices. Uh, You know, I'm walking around the grocery store and going down aisles, you know, can pick out whatever I want. Then I have the choice. I I, I see choices in this somewhere. To me, it's something about choices. In, In the dream oracle cards that I created, that's the big word that relates to shopping is you're at choice. So that's, that's one of the first things that I saw. That's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's some relationship between this dream, your dream, Denise and Aspen's dream about like Mm. not being stuck, recognizing that all these options are at your fingertips. And Mm. I just want to acknowledge like my own my own energy in this dream is the juxtaposition between the leisurely stroll down the aisle, woo, like uh-huh. enjoying it. And then all of a sudden the kind of like the cattle prod, like zip, you're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be working. And to me that resonates. Like there's some part of me that thinks if I really let go, if I'm, there's like, there's this tension between uh-huh. relaxing. And I think there's something also about what Aspen said uh-huh. earlier. If I'm really focused on my, creativity or my work for those designated times. And I really give myself over to that 45 minute block of time. Then when I'm not working, I can let go and really enjoy myself. So I feel like there's a solution in that. You got a little pop? Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. But then another thing that's important is I love grocery stores and going to the register and thinking, my God, she's so slow because I'm so hyper. So I'm like, I could have scanned that macaroni <laughs> and those apples, and that lady be long down the street going to pick up her <laughs> I could do it better. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I could do it better. I could do it faster. Move. Right. I could, so I do get kind of anxious when I go to, not anxious, but I'm like, well, what's the problem? Why are you so slow? So I oh think the grocery God. store does denote something about anxiousness and time and, because I, yes. I think I can do it better. There's something here also masculine and feminine energy, the feminine energy that truly flows and the masculine masculine energy that's kind of the bada bing, yeah. bada boom and yeah. finding that finding that balance mm-hmm. and having them both. And and to me, what out, Aspen shared is kind of the perfect antidote. It's like when mm. it's time to be in like yeah. moving it mode, like do it yeah. with focus and then let it go so that the relaxation can be profound and complete mm-hmm. with Without guilt, without worry. So anyway, that's that's what I'm getting. Denise, I always love your dreams. I'm gonna, thank you so much. Can't wait for you to share you. next time. Aspen, did you want to? Is there anything that popped for you before we take the next caller on Denise's dream? Um, well, I think 
yeah, something about saying yes to life and, you know, she's mm-hmm. shopping, choosing, and then someone tells her, kind of like what Nancy said, like someone tells yeah. her, we need you working here. And she's not like, well, I don't <laughs> want to be working here. Or I'm not supposed to, or I don't work here. She just says, yes. And like, I think there's something really beautiful about that openness. Right. I think about the the whole law of improv and Nancy, you know this, it's like the whole yes and philosophy and like as not just a a trick for acting or improv, but a way to live like everything that happens. You're like, yes, and we'll do this with it. Yes. And right, Nance, something like that. Exactly right. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I think there's even a book called that. Um, I love that. (laughs) <laughs> there, yeah. Oh, good. Yes. And, and let's get it. Okay. Really quickly, Chris hearts, take it away, Chris. We've got like two minutes to share. Let's hear what you got. <laughs> Maybe we continue it uh, next yes. week. So the, uh, my dreams have been really lousy uh, lately. <laughs> uh, I want to go travel. I want to discover new things, and all I'm doing is uh, bookkeeping and being late for flights at airports and and uh, just doing grunt stuff, and it, <laughs> it, it's annoying the hell out of me because uh, uh-huh. that's not my intention is I'm going to sleep, and so early this morning I was going, and my energy is low, I read this thing about how can you get lots of energy, fill your life with energy. And it mentioned the theory of broken windows, how when mm. a part of your life is full of clutter, you carry it around with you, and it just gets worse. And I'm looking at my desk right now, and it looks like a pigsty. I'm carrying the clutter <gasps> yes, into so, my so, Oh, I love that. And I can't break free because I'm carrying that around. It was, Wow. Oh, that's great. The external affects the internal. Sometimes it is about working on the inner plane. And sometimes it's as simple as Marie Diamond would say. She's been a guest on this show. It's like unclutter your desk, unclutter your nightstand and and notice the freedom that opens up. Malcolm Gladwell talked about that in the in the tipping point about if there's a broken window, fix it. Otherwise it's going to attract another broken window and, yep. and that stress. So, and, and the yep. good news is that when you're dreaming, at least you're remembering these dreams and you're acting on them and you just shared it with us, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your dream and your hearts with us. And Aspen Mattis, thank you so much for being our wonderful guest today. Everyone run out. If you haven't already gotten your copy of your blue is not my blue, get it right now. It's so so profound. It will inspire you to the heavens and beyond. Thank you, Nancy T. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, everyone, for sharing sweet dreams. Until we meet again next week, don't take your dreams lying down. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, 
and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.